Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Intentional Guy. We are on air with Chip Nightingale. Chip, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. I am excited about being on your show today. Well, I'm I am too, and I I want to jump right into it. I was reading a little bit on you. You've got a book out called Ceasefire. I think you've experienced some things in your life that I think can help us and especially drawing towards success, how to take those things and help us maybe find success in, in this sometimes out of the mess that we make. Uh, but even, but also sometimes when we're on that right path, sometimes we just need a little bit of guidance to get to that next place. So I'm open to have a great dialogue with Chip today on this and discuss a little bit about your book and about those subjects there. Do you mind uh, telling us a little bit about your your background? Yeah, well, um, I think the simplest way to put uh, put together who I am, I am a pastor's kid and uh, I am the typical pastor kid who um, basically when he got that opportunity to run away from everything that had to do with God, I was that person. I I had one objective in life, and that was to play professional baseball. And uh, I got a full ride scholarship to play at Liberty University. And amazing enough, um, that first year that I was there, I was at this um, missions conference, and I was challenged within this missions conference that I needed to even give baseball over to God. And uh, and so I went out on the baseball field, and I went out there at night. There was no lights on or anything like that, and. Uh, went out to the position I played, which was center field and got on my knees and said, God, I'm giving you this. Needless to say, within about a month, I blew out my hamstring and God was oh. saying, well, baseball is not part of that plan. And uh, it put me really into this uh, tailspin because I was I thought for sure that was my plan, uh, that God's plan for me was yeah. baseball. And I was going to make money doing those types of things. And so uh, I I went back home. I actually did not uh, last more than a year at uh, Liberty University. I started playing baseball in a, in a summer league, and this junior college came and said, hey, we can get you drafted if you trans transfer over to us. So I did that. During that time, uh, it was a complete nightmare. I didn't enjoy my time at all. But I met this girl and uh, fell in love with this girl. At least I... Um, fell in love in the world aspects of falling in love. I fell in yeah. lust with this girl and uh, we ended up getting married within a year and and God actually took us to a church. We, we were doing well, but something happened and uh, she uh, was a nurse and she met a doctor. And next thing I know, um, I went through this uh, uh, this divorce and it was a hard divorce. Um, uh, basically I, I took the, during this time, I basically just said, you know, I'm not going to fight her. I am not going to get lawyers. I'm not gonna do anything. My daughter was too important to me. I didn't want her to go through any of those trials. But at that point in time, because of those things that happened, I mean, there's so much that I could add in between there. I decided that, um, basically I was going to show her I was enough for her. And so I started a business and uh, I was began to become very successful in that business, doing construction work. But I wanted to prove to her my identity ultimately was proving to her that I was good enough. But through that, the Lord brought me my wife that I have today. And uh, 
but yet I still had something to prove. So I was trying to prove and prove these things. And all it did was push me further and further away from God, not actually towards God. And uh, in 2005, when the market began to crash, the first time the housing market crashed, which I think is probably going to crash again, probably in the next couple of years here. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. I see all the signs again. They're just very similar to those signs. Um, the Lord brought me to a very low point in my life. Um, began to struggle with some things like pornography, uh, depression, um, suicidal thoughts, all those types of things. Uh, my business was falling apart. I did end up having to file bankruptcy. And uh, but God used all of that to bring me full circle to to where I am today. And a lot of good things happened from that point in time. But I really had to hit a low point in my life in order for uh, God to bring me to where I am today. Wow. Uh, very similar story with you. I'm a preacher's kid, too. Hmm. Uh, my rebellion came later on in life. So I, I resonate with you on that. And in the past. uh Two years, though, you know, I'm a, I'm a late bloomer. I, I started uh, turning this stuff around because I let a lot of my identity be wrapped up in all the negative mm. in my life. Mm. And, that, yeah. and I chose to let that define me, right? So yeah. now, though, I am on that path to being better to for myself to be better how do i hmm. do that our, our podcast is called intentional guy because hmm. uh, god gave me that word i want to be intentional every day in what i'm doing i don't want to be legalistic in what i'm doing i want to be intentional in it hmm. because i had that relationship before with before with god where it was a checkoff yeah oh yeah everything was that that has since turned around for me and it, it's amazing life is amazing right now yeah. and i'm so thankful for what God's done for me. But I know that sometimes people are listening to this and I can articulate that, but I can't articulate sometimes how do you get from here to there? Hmm. And, and especially in the secular world, you want to hmm. be successful and you're having to reinvent yourself again, because after divorce, it is, that's what we're doing. We are having to reinvent ourselves again because we've lost so much of an identity of who we and where we thought we were going. Yeah, well, ultimately, that identity that I was creating for myself was not the, the identity that God desired for me. And I was making a lot of money. Um, I wasn't didn't have a whole lot to show for it. But during that time, God began to open up some other doors, and I was fighting those doors. It was like he was giving me some opportunities to walk in a different path, and I kept choosing my path. I was like, no, 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 I, I'm not doing that. You think I would have learned in my early teens when I was at college that uh, that I would just grab a hold of whatever it is he was telling me and and, and move towards that direction. But I, I just like you talked about, it took me forever to learn those lessons. But once I learned the lesson, I began to realize, really, uh, I've been I've been reading through First uh, Peter, chapter one, and uh, it's a great passage. I was just spending some time with some uh some uh, uh, businessmen down in the Clearwater area. And we were going over this passage and and, it, and he talks about in chapter one, um, the refining, the refining process and what God does and why he brings these trials in our lives. It says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that 
the tested genuineness of your faith. The reason we went through those trials was because God was testing our resolve, our faith in him. Mm. And um, man, once I, once it clicked, I not like money didn't matter anymore. Now I still, still struggle with it at times because I, I still have a business mind and I see my friends who are, are doing well in business and, and I've been successful in ministry since this point in time I pastored. Well, first I went and worked for word of life, which is, uh, we're the largest camping ministry in the world. We have camps in New York and Florida and they, they asked me to come and start a volunteer program. Well, I was there for five years in those five year period of time. We grew it from, a. 150 volunteers that came throughout the year to over 1500 volunteers. We grew it by over a thousand percent in that five year period of time and, and really saving the ministry millions and millions of dollars of labor costs by bringing these volunteers in. So God was using that to um, show me I could be successful in other things. I did not make enough money. I had to do jobs on the side. I was doing roofing and siding jobs. I built a house for someone on the side I was never home. My wife had to work a second job, but man, the fruit of it was amazing. Then the Lord was like, I need you to go back to Michigan. Um, I had a daughter that was there. She was going into high school. I felt this calling to go back and spend time with her. And uh, so I, I left this, this ministry that I loved dearly and was going to just go back and be a builder again. But the the Lord get opened an opportunity for me, um, the, the church that I went to before that my dad was pastoring before came to me and said, Hey, we're, we hear you're moving back home. Would you consider being our pastor? And I was like, no way. Uh, I am not doing that. That is not part of God's plan in my life. And they said, well, well, um, you know, we think that you're the right guy. And I said, Nope, I'm not qualified. I'm divorced. Um, I was told that once I became divorced, that, you know, I couldn't do that in the church anymore. My dad was a pastor. So I, I, that's what that's what I accepted. They said, well, we know your heart. We see what God's doing. Let us determine that. I said, all right, well, I'll walk through this path. But here's the 10 page of things we need to change if I'm going to be your pastor. So I, I thought for sure that they would just be like, nope, uh, we're not going to do that. Um, right from changing the music to getting rid of programs to, to all these types of things. They looked at it and they right. said, well, we'll see what God's going to do. Next thing I know, I'm I'm the pastor of this church. I The next Sunday after I get voted in, 50 people leave. <laughs> so we go from a church of 125 to 75. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Well, those must be all the people that voted no or they didn't show up that day to vote. And the elders, they pulled me into a meeting. I thought for sure I was already in trouble. And they looked at me and they said, hey, you know that 10-page paper? Let's peel the Band-Aid off. Let's just go for it. We might as well just lose whatever we're going to lose. And I tell you what, the next couple months were a little tough because we lost probably another 25. But within a year, those people, most of the those numbers came back. And within five to six years, um, we had grown a thousand percent. Our church was around 700 people. Um, God blessed the, the ministry immensely. Not only that, now he had provided a camp for us to help them get out of debt. And uh, so everything God has placed me in, I have not made a lot of money, but he's put me in the position through his, through being obedience, you know, being obedient to him to, 
to uh, really kind of go through these things to be successful in a different light. Basically, he's getting the success. I'm not. It's not my name getting the success. In fact, I remember I remember when I got voted in and they said, uh, so everybody in this community knows what type of person you used to be. You know, how, how can you put your name on that sign and that church sign? I started praying. I mean, I really thought about that. Like, yeah, they know as me as that arrogant athlete. They know me as a mouthy little kid. They, they know me as this person. And finally, I looked at that sign one day and the Lord said, is that your church or my church? Should your name even be on that sign? And I was like, no, it's not my church. So I'm not putting my name on that sign. This is God's church. So I didn't put my name on and uh and we took that bottle from that point on and said you know what this is not my church right i don't want this church to be identified as chip nightingale at corner bible church i wanted this church to be identified as corner bible church followers of christ not yeah. followers of chip and and it was hard it was it was tough for my ego but at the same time I believe God blessed that through through what we had seen through the years. But this verse also says, this is so cool. It says, so, so that the tested genuineness of your faith is more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. Meaning the reason we're going through all that stuff, the reason I went through a divorce, the reason I lost everything through bankruptcy, the reason why I barely got to spend time with my daughter, the reason why... Um, uh, I didn't make the money I thought I was going to was because he was refining me into the precious jewel he wanted me to be. Yeah. And I needed to go through those things. And here's the coolest thing. Um, almost, I would say 75, 80% of the people that came to our church were broke from broken families, from people just like me, that I could minister to them because I could relate to them and they understood right. it. And God was refining me, refining me for that moment. And I think if there's anything, you know, that I've learned through the years is that that's what he's doing. He's constantly refining us into who he desires us to be. The reason we have these trials is because, first of all, there's sin. Uh, right. If Satan's not in the picture, then, uh, then we don't have to worry about it. But we only experience trials when Satan has a reason to put a basically something in front of us to try to distract us from what God's will is, you know, whether it's pornography for me, you know, I, I still struggle. I have to have my wife constantly looking at my stuff because he knows that's my trap. But the right. moment I know the moment I look at it on my computer is a moment that someone in the IT department is going to go up. Oh, we caught him. Yeah, he's done. And isn't it amazing? That's usually not enough to keep us from doing it. Right. Um, but I can tell you that based off of the last five to 10 years, I I don't want my wife to see it. I don't want my children. I think the wake up call for me was uh, uh, two years ago when we moved to Florida. My son, who's 12 years old, um, I caught I got his device and there was pornography all over mm. it. And I wasn't mad at my son. I was mad at me yeah. because I brought that in our home. It wasn't, it wasn't because of it. He didn't see it. He didn't see it because of me doing it, but I brought that 
tool of Satan in my home at one point in time. And the effects are going to be on my children. I needed to ask yeah. God for forgiveness for what I did in that moment. And then I talked to my son lovingly and walked him through why this is dangerous and got him some help and all those types of things. And now I hold him accountable um, to some right. of those things. So anyways, I mean, it's hard having a discussion uh, that's so broad in the scope of all the years, but uh, God has really brought me through a lot of things. And I really believe it's, it's because he's been trying to show me that he loves me so much that he wants to take the impurities out of me mm. so that I can be a reflection of him. Yeah. And I love that passage that you're talking about too, because it helps us, it helps us to understand because uh, we, understand that much maybe yeah uh but because trying to grasp why god does what god does and allows what he allows it, it, you could spend all day on that right yeah but i like the fact that that passage because he he is refining us and it's mm. you know this is our time to the enemy is going to be in our ear telling us all sorts of lies but this is where you know your character finally shines through too mm. and yep. i was like that was you know that's what happened to me and i'm like do you want to be known for this hmm. do you want this to be your legacy or or do you want that what you've always wanted which hmm. was to be a man my family could be proud of hmm. a man that people look at honestly i just wanted to know, i wanted to have peace with god i hmm. i didn't even really know what that looked like and yeah. But in there, then once I got to that part and I I could do some self-evaluation and acknowledgement, but see, I think there's a surrender moment. Yeah. Where you, like you said, you surrender baseball back then. But then, you know, God gets us back to that again. And he, ha he shows us his plan, his ways are not our ways. Yeah. And am I willing to follow that? Am I mm -hmm. willing to let that uh let him refine me into something even better than yes. the previous version of who yes. i am yes and ultimately that is what brought me to even want to write this book um when i was going through these processes um all the conflict that gets stirred up and and how we work through those conflicts um and right down to to the divorce uh, i remember i remember um it was the hardest day of my life but i remember um going to where my wife at the time was she was at this guy's house and i don't know i, I can't say they were having an affair but you know what i never caught them in the act of having an affair but she was there and i remember the day that i finally relinquished control of that and i walked i basically heard from someone that hey your wife's over at his house and I was like, oh, man, really? So I drove over there. I drove over there. I walked into the house. They were sitting on the couch together. I went and sat on the um, fireplace that was right in front of them. And you could just see her eyes. She was scared. And I looked at both of them and just said, hey, I really don't know all that's entailed and what's going on here. But I want you to know I love you both. And I can't keep living life like this. And uh, here's here here's the here's the deal. 
Either you come back home to me or you choose him. Either way, I forgive you. I just need to move on with my life. And uh, got up, went back out. She followed me home because she was pretty upset with me. Let me have it when I got back there, packed her bags, and she 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 left. And uh, hardest hardest thing in my life, but at the same time, one of the um, one of the most relieving things within my life, where all this weight was gone, was like God, you're in control. I'm just gonna trust you in this. I don't understand it. This is not this is not your perfect plan. But you've told me to love them and forgive them, so I'm going to. And it really began to set the stage of how I began to process through conflict in a much better way. Not that I got it right. I, there's so many times I got it wrong. But um, but God has been teaching me through the the processes of doing it right. Wow, that's just, that, that's honorable and so tough too to mm. to do to be in that situation because the flesh wants to do something else. Oh yeah. And then yep. you, you want to do, you want to follow God's leading too. And you want to forgive, you want to be that man and, and what a conflict inside too. Yeah. Uh, I, I can hmm. just relate to that. What, what a conflict that has to be. Hmm. Uh, with that. And I know there's so many of our listeners right now that they're dealing with that type of conflict and getting on the other side of that, where there's some relief from that. Mm. It, it is a, it is a daily walk. Mm. Um, and loneliness is a big fight yeah, uh, inside of that as well. Mm. So tell us about ceasefire, the book. Yeah, ceasefire. So um, ceasefire, finding peace when all you see is conflict. I think uh, this book, uh, basically in light of what we're seeing in the world today, Roe versus Wade, uh, man, I, I am shocked at the conflict within the church. Not, I, yeah. I, it's not just a conflict in the world. I, I understand there's going to be conflict within the church between God and the world. But man, the conflict within the church and the disturbing things that are happening within there, Man, we need to take a just like the book says. We need to take a ceasefire, yeah. back off for a moment, and understand that God's in control here, and there's a reason why all of these things are happening. Um, I talk about the 24-hour rule. So many times we we respond, we respond with um, uh, emotions, uh, like you said. Most of the time, our flesh is just like, well. I'm going to punch that guy's lights out. I don't like what he's saying. Um, but in, in coaching, we had what we called the 24-hour rule. So if a, if a kid didn't play or their parents were upset about the, their playing time, they couldn't approach us as, as uh, coaches until after 24 hours. And uh, so I started implementing that in all things. Take, take a step back. Evaluate what you're mad about. Make sure make sure that uh, you have your emotions figured out before you address the conflict. Well, we found out in coaching, most of the time they get they begin to realize that uh, I, I'm just mad because in the moment I was just mad they weren't on the field. But the reality is they know they're usually that their child's not good enough to be out there or that maybe the coach does knows what knows what's best for them. And uh, I really think if we would take a, a ceasefire, a 24 hour moment and just take a step back, the Bible gives us all the clear instructions on how to handle conflict. 
handling conflict is not me going and sharing my conflict with you that I have with someone else. It says to go to them. But what we do is we we talk to everybody else and then they get us even more stirred up. Like, I can't believe you're dealing with that and blah, 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 blah. And you should do this and you should do that. Next thing you yeah. know, it, your problem is huge. Yes. And God, it, God, it says, no, 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 no. That's the wrong way to do it. You were supposed to go to the brother that offended you and deal with it from that perspective. Well, I learned through pastoring that a lot of times we want other people to deal with our problems. But as a pastor, that was not my job. Every time I did that, the problem became a nightmare. Yeah. It wasn't usually the person that was complaining. The problem was usually the other people. So I was like caught in the middle of something I shouldn't have been caught in. And from that point on, I said, no, no, did you go talk to them? Do not share with me what's going on. I, I'm counseling you go talk to them. And I'm sorry you're not going to like what I have to say, but this is what the Bible says. So this is what the yeah. book's about, just how to handle things um, better, hopefully in, in a godly perspective. That's great, too, because that, I was a teacher at um, the prison here in Florida, and I was a transition teacher. And so mm -hmm. before guys left prison, they had to go through a 100-hour class with me. And one of the things that I, I always talked to them was, about was, listen, when you have conflict that happens, your natural response is to react. But when you yeah. react, that's that your, that's your feelings taking root. And, yeah. and feelings can lie to you. Feelings can make, and feelings can make us say and do things we're going to regret 24 hours later, right? Yes, exactly. And so I always told them, listen, and it was just like what you said, sit back, look at the facts, don't react, act on the situation. Hmm. And when you act on it, that means you're looking at the facts involved in them. You're looking at what your options are. And you're also looking at what the resolution, there's always going to be some, there's always going to be a resolution of some sort out of your actions. Yep. So are you going to be reaching the goal that you want with the steps that you're taking? So that is, that's some great truth right there uh, to give us. And I know that there's a lot of guys right now that as they're struggling moving forward, uh, whether it's in divorce, whether it's in uh, the job situation right now, whatever, that's a great aspect of it. Cause you're, you're right. We live in a world of conflict right now. I went, I was at the grocery store just the other day, right down the road. And, and two guys, I, I don't even watch politics anymore. I don't watch the news right now because I get too, ah, you know, like that. And uh, two guys were getting into it over uh, something that's going on. And I'm like, and I don't even think they knew each other, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, and, and I always like somebody else's drama when it's not mine, I guess. But I'm yeah. just like, wow, you know. And so it is about being intentional. I I am a big reader now. I did not used to be a big reader. So I love books like yours because they come from uh, your experience telling and giving us some great truths. I'll be getting this book. And then, Chip, I love once I read this book, I'll be ordering it this week. And what I like to do is get you to come back in after I read it. Yeah. And, um, have have some more con um, conversation, especially about conflict. I think that's a mm -hmm. great subject to talk to because that's something that we all deal with. We have, you know, there's no way around 
Nope. Dealing with conflict. There's just no way. But we get to choose how we deal with it. And we have to train ourselves to do that, too. Because if you're someone who's driven by emotions, it's going to take you time to tame that spirit Mm -hmm. a little bit. It, Mm -hmm. It comes through repetition and practice and holding your tongue. Yeah. You know? Some people they can't do that. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm I struggle with it. I I am I I am the fight fight or flight, and uh, I'm the protector. I, you know, I'm I'm ready to go to battle, and uh, I've had to learn to listen and breathe and take a yeah. step back. Because sometimes we're reacting to not all. We don't have all the facts. Yeah, exactly. And then it just takes one one piece that changes that whole paradigm of how you see things now that you didn't have that information before. And I like what you said, give it 24 hours because usually in that 24 hours, you've calmed down. You've been able to find out a little bit more of the situation. Yeah. And, and you know, I would say nine out of 10 times, you're, you're going to have a different reaction now or exactly. a different plan than what you did before. So, well, Chip, thank you so much for being our guest on here today with on air with a intentional guy. It's been great. Some great stuff. Want to encourage our listeners out there. You're going through some conflict in your life, some struggles in your life. Uh, we've got his website right there, chipnightingale.com. Uh, they can go there to find your book as well. Is that correct? Yep, correct. Yep. Or, or on Amazon. Okay. And we'll make sure we put all the links in there for that. And then, like I said, Chip, I would love to have you back in about a month and or so and talk about uh about your book. I love doing that. I love, I love reading it. Then I love to mark it up. I, I was doing the digital. I want the paperback because I want to highlight it. And yeah. then I love talking to the authors. Then what did you mean by this? What tell us more about that? And it gives us a little bit more insight to your story of what you're telling us as well. Awesome. Looking forward yeah. to it. All right. Well, thank you so much. And guys, until next time, keep being intentional. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm.